A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Poor Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, the Dead Poor Hitter, coming at you with another NFBC main event fab rundown from the weekend with my man Todd Whitestone from spstreamer.com. Todd, as anyone doesn't know, writes a free article on spstreamer.com where he runs down the NFBC main event fab for the weekend, but he also chases down the races that are, you know, for the overall lead and just really gives a good magnifying glass into what we got going on in um, the NFBC main event. So people chasing down a good amount of money, but also, you know, just trying to compete for league wins. And today we had a special guest, Ryan Venancio on. Ryan is a super analytical, bright mind in the fantasy baseball community. And um, he gave us a little peek into uh, obviously how new he is into the NFBC, he's only been playing for a couple of years, and his process and how he likes to differentiate himself from the rest of the pack. And uh, we go over some of Ryan's picks and the overall draft that we had started in August for 2023 draft champions on the NFBC. So um, really cool Um a lot of action-packed insight. Uh, we had an overall great discussion, as we normally tend to do here on the Poor Podcast. So everyone, thank you for listening. And I hope everyone is out there trying to crush their leagues and, you know, cash or even, you know, just, just making the difference to uh, make general improvements in your league. It could be from 7th to 8th. Um, I mean, from 8th to 7th. Don't go from 7th to 8th. <laughs> but, um, you know, just um, if you're playing in Keeper Leagues and Dynasty Leagues, always trying to improve yourself for the next season. Set yourself up for success and, uh, you know, find the right tools and, uh, and the right time and the insight to, you know, get yourself into that spot where you can always get better at fantasy, even when you're not in the league lead or doing well. This is, um, I usually tend to find myself learning the most from the league that um, I'm not doing as well in, so... Take that and uh, really dive into what you can do better for next season as well as for the rest of this season. So uh, enjoy this episode with Ryan Benancio and Todd Whitestone. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro. I'm here with Senderman Kim, Todd Whitestone <laughs> from SBStreamer.com with a special guest today, Mr. Ryan Venancio, otherwise known as the Arm Barn. Uh, first, we'll start off with Todd. What's going on tonight, my man? How you doing? Pretty good, Rob. Thanks. Uh, three and a half weeks to go in the season. It's getting down to crunch time now. It's uh, not too much time to fall back and then regroup. You gotta, you gotta make the push starting now. Yeah, I mean the push, the push had to have been. You had to start the push a while ago. Now it's just 
that was the heavy push but yeah yeah right, right. you're right this is uh time is dwindling and it's uh it's bittersweet because you know um it's fun that we're gonna get into playoffs baseball soon and that's always great but um the end of the fantasy season is upon us yeah. and uh but luckily um we get right back into draft season as we have already done. Um, and Ryan, uh, our guest today was a part of the 15, uh, team draft and hold draft that we started, uh, a month ago. And, uh, tonight we'll get to talk to him a little about that and a little about his NFBC experience so far. Ryan, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Rob? Huh? How we doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know, just stressing over every game and the season. <laughs> Wouldn't wouldn't want it any other way. There you go. <laughs> what is the uh what is the biggest stress uh that's that that you're having right now? Is it because the pressure to like win a league, the pressure to you know cash in the main event, or is it is is there something else about the game that gives you the agita? Uh it's particularly the main event. Uh every single win from a pitcher is so important to my team. And um, it's very stressful. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely stressful, especially because I hate the win category with a passion. Right. Um, strongly dislike it, but you know it's part of the game, and there's nothing you could do about it. Early in the season, Ryan, you know it was easy to sort of shrug your shoulders when you had a good pitcher's uh, starting pitcher outing, and they didn't get a win for some reason. And now it's particularly painful. Yeah, Trevor Rogers uh, yesterday pitched great. Went six innings, two runs, nine strikeouts, and right. Marlins just couldn't score. They loved the. Uh, it was tied two two and didn't get the win. Did you Did you guys hear? Uh, I think it was on the Rotowire podcast this week where uh, Scott Jenstad mentioned that nobody on the Marlins has forty runs scored this whole season. Yeah. That, that is nuts. that is amazing. I mean, you know, uh, 60, 70 runs is kind of putrid for a leader of, of a team. But f- nobody has 40. Uh, Jazz Chisholm is the leader at 39, and he's been out for how many months? <laughs> he really... hasn't played in like three months. I know. He, he's the leader in runs scored for the Marlins. And Man, that, that is a bad, bad line. That's a bad offense. I'm sorry. So Ryan, I'm looking at your team. Um, this is it. You have 70 wins. Is that the the Knipschen Schwitz with uh <laughs> is that your yes. team that you split with Daniel Preppis? Um so yeah. I see you got 70 wins, you got 69, 69, 67 behind you, and 72, 76, 76 ahead of you. Um is it is it something that you're gonna put a little more um emphasis on maybe next year? Obviously, we can't chase wins, but is have have you identified anything that maybe you know, like maybe you took um, you know, good pitchers on bad teams that you know that, that have bad offenses and maybe make it a priority to, you know, uh, you know, just get all the Dodgers pitchers. I guess that's a good route to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely can't go wrong there. Well, yeah, like um, how about draft all Dodgers starters and all Ray relievers? I think you probably have a good staff, right? And sure, <laughs> you would get a ton of wins for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I could see grabbing. Um, you know, I drafted Luis Castillo, who was on Cincinnati when I drafted him. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Gallen, Arizona. Uh, 
Bieber and Gilbert are on like okay offenses, mm-hmm. and then Trevor Rogers is on Miami. So, looking back at my team, I didn't draft pitchers on good enough teams, but it's so hard because my pitchers are so good. Right, um, absolutely, they are. I'm yeah. in. I'm at first in ERA, first in WHIP in the league. It's hard to, you know, say I maybe draft worse pitchers on better teams, but then I wouldn't be. You know, I'm giving up points to get points. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. You got to find that fine balance. It's it's really tough. You know, it's this one thing I, I you know, I try to uh, make an effort, um, you know, to to look at a little more in this off season was, you know, uh, you know, I guess you could do it several different ways, like a projected WRC plus of a of an offense, you know. But um, like you said, like it's still it it's still that. I like this pitcher better, but, you know, maybe he won't give me as many wins, you know, maybe it doesn't go as much like into the fifth or sixth innings enough to, uh, you know, give him a chance for a win. But yeah, like you said, your pitchers are, are, are very studly. So to be first in the ratios and, and, and in the middle of the pack and wins is very frustrating for sure. Yeah. And of Hello. course, I, of course I didn't start Jeffrey Springs this week and he goes out and goes six innings and gets a win. Right. <laughs> so it's just he uh, just can't win. He's um, he's been uh he's been really solid this year as well. I see um I see you also have Nate Evaldi on your on your bench. Is have you held him this whole time or did you just recently scoop him up? I just scooped him up for a buck this week. Ooh nice 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 buck scoop. He he's he's Oh man, I have him on, I think ten teams, nine or ten teams this year, and I was expecting a lot more from him. I'm, I'm interested to see where a guy like him goes next year. You know, in drafts because, and uh, I think he's a free agent too. So um, I think actually, uh, Derek Van Riper and Eno were talking about possible destinations for him, and they were talking about how like you know San Francisco would is like one of those places that would take on like an old injured pitcher like Ivaldi and, you know, probably work some magic with him, but I'll still be, um, I'm still going to be attached to him a little bit next year. You know, I, I have a thing for Ivaldi. I mean, he's a good pitcher, right? Uh, he is. Before he hurt, he hurt his side, right? Or his hip. And then he lost, and then he lost velocity. Um, yeah. But before that, his, his peripherals were great before that. Yeah. Totally agree. Um, Ryan, how long have you uh, been, um, you know, playing fantasy baseball? And then how, how long have you been um, in the NFBC format? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your, I guess, you know, what kind of league you, you play in and what really is the big draw into the NFBC for you? Uh, so I've been playing fantasy baseball, like, Hardcore since 2011, maybe year after I got out of high school, mm-hmm. uh, 2012 in that range. Um, this is my first, like, it's my second year playing NFBC, but it's my first year like playing full time. Last year I only did TGFBI okay. and um, and a second chance league, and then I did one NFBKC league. So I didn't really I play I played NFBC technically, but not. Uh, you know, not all draft season. Right, right. And yeah, uh, I I know I played against you in the the first turf league 
last year, which uh, the industry, you know, localized um, uh, drafts that was made after the Barf League and the Worfy and Scarfy and Lurfy. I don't know what they're all named, but it started getting out of hand with the names. But um, I didn't play in the league this year, but uh, I know you you caught my eye last year as just a shrewd move maker and uh you're definitely on top of your game and i'm like oh this this gotta watch out for this guy he's uh <laughs> he's he's gonna be someone to be reckoned with in the nfc arena and um yeah so i i'm i'm definitely aware of your skills and uh <laughs> i'm glad that you're getting involved more and more in the leagues and in a community because uh i think you got a lot to offer all around i appreciate that man. thanks mm-hmm. So Ryan, are you, this year are you playing in twelve and fifteens or just fifteen team leagues? I did tw- I did twelves and fifteens. Oh, I did okay. um five O I did five OCs. Uh-huh. I did one fifth one fifty, um, and then I did a bunch of other DCs. Uh, I'm partnered in the main with uh. Daniel Preppis. Uh-huh. Um, and then I have that turf league. I have TGFBI. Uh, I believe I did 18 leagues in NFBC this year. Okay. Okay. But how many fab, how many fab leagues? Oh, let's see. Five OCs. Turf. Um, should be six. 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 That's not too bad. That's my no, spot too. too yeah. I, I got six too. And I feel like it's such a sweet spot. Um, I I don't know. I feel like anything else would be a little too much for. Uh, I mean, on top of my home leagues, which you know they they have a little bit of like a like a double bad period. You know, we have one Thursday and one Sunday. Um, uh-huh. so I I try to make sure to do all all the fab in my home leagues on Thursday, like right. a week a week ahead of time. Not only I feel like I'm getting everyone plays. For the weekend and i'm playing for the next week so i get a little bit ahead of it but then it's something i don't have to do on sunday on top sure, of the sure, nfbc sure. league Makes um sense. you know it's uh it helps but uh ryan um what's the biggest difference when you do your player evaluations for 12s and 15s both for like when you're getting ready for draft and in season 12s i probably will take more of a shot on someone um, and play a little riskier because the player pool, you know, is a lot shallower than a 15, mm-hmm. even though there's some players that, you know, still pop up in 15s. Like this year we had Luis Rangifo, Jake McCarthy, Birdie, uh, players like that pop up. It's just much harder to find uh, a player you're comfortable playing every week uh, in 15s opposed to 12s. Sure. Yeah. Totally so like agree. in all my in in all my OCs, I have O'Neill Cruz, uh, <laughs> just because you know I, I felt like I felt like it was worth taking a chance on him and stashing him all year. I also yep. have him in my main, but it's not. I only took him because uh, he fell in the draft. Otherwise, I wouldn't have him. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Right now, I have three. Um, I have three OCs, and um. For at bats, um, first, second, and eleventh overall in at bats. I don't know how the hell I did it either because, um, I haven't really uh, done like maximum um, streaming of offense. That was my plan. Like my plan for twelves was to draft really good pitching, 
and have right. pinching like pitching off my bench and stream batters because last year I held on to batters too long and I learned my lesson uh, because of my 15 team brain, you know? So this year I was like, okay, I'll, I'll focus more on, on the pitchers and I'll load up early. I'll get, I'll have great pitching depth, but then the, the batters I took toward the end of my draft um, have like refused to like be droppable, you know, like Santander, Nimmo, um they like yeah. Nimmo I took him on every OC because I love the Mets too and I love him but I was like oh he's the perfect OC player you know if he if he leads off and he plays and then once he gets hurt which he always does I'll you know I'll drop him you know yeah. but several of my later bats um have been making it again my last year difficulty of like just chopping them and um but the, they they've haven't got hurt and they've just been in the They've been in, they've been racking up at bats, but my like home runs per plate appearance and my ribbies and runs per plate appearance aren't really as great, even though I'm, I'm, I'm up there in, uh, at bats. Like it's one of the things I'm pushing for in the overall, because like both of those teams that, that are in the top at bats are, are in the top of, uh, I think they're both in the top 30 overall, but I'm so far behind in home runs that like, basically mm -hmm. that's what I'm just doing now is I'm streaming home runs with my leftover money um, because uh, everything else is pretty solid, you know, but um, right, even with right. the at-bats, I still don't have the homers, which is kind of frustrating. It's still a good job to lead in at-bats. That's great. I know. I know. I, I'm making Jeff Zimmerman and Steve Weimer proud for sure. Cause that's usually, <laughs> that's usually a title that goes, to them, I know that uh, Steve doesn't play uh, twelve teamers, but I know Jeff does, and that's kind of where I got it. You know, I just those guys are always hammering home volume, but um, yeah, very interesting. But um, what are you um? Let's see, let's talk about um your uh, draft plans and I guess how you formulate you know your target list and how you get to. Who you want to draft? Are you you a projection guy? You skills, you know, looking like skills. How do you determine um your ranks and your targets? So I never followed projections. Um, and this year is the first year I actually made my own. And what I did was I just uh, took player stats on a per plate appearance basis, and kind of adjusted it based on uh, their skills. So if Boba Shett, um was projected for 22 homers and I see he has a 115 max EV and he doesn't strike out and he's got a good barrel rate, okay, I'll up his projections to uh, 26 homers. Um, and I sort of started there. And just based on skills, uh, I kind of do it by hand. I go through every single player, go over their profile. Um, I know people listening might think I'm crazy, like going every going through every single player. But um, I've just never been a projection guy. Uh, not that I think I can like beat projections, but um, I just like doing the work myself. No, that's awesome. That's great. That's, um, I think, I mean, I find it pretty daunting to try to do it myself. Uh, that's why I usually just take like, like uh, Jeff Zimmerman calls it the wisdom of the crowds. I'll take a bunch of them, aggregate them. And then, but like you said, I'm, I'm big on the skills as well. And I'm always trying to, I don't have like a formula <clears throat> like a lot of people do to determine how much weight, you know, certain metrics put on 
what I think a, a guy will hit because I'm still like, I still embrace the whole thing about, you know, like the imprecision of trying to be so perfect. And that mm -hmm. if you think Bo Bichette is a 22 to 26 homer guy, I think that's fair to say that he might even land on 20 or 30, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. uh, it's just a way of, you know, um, and I admire people who try to get super perfect because, you know, it takes a lot of work and it, it, it takes a lot of confidence too in your system and the way you approach it. But I, I've always felt more comfortable and, and use, just using, you know, um, like you said, just using as some skills and, and then just determining whether you feel like you should, you know, bump that player up a little bit, like depending on, you know, like I look at pull, you know, pull percentage a lot and pull, pull barrels and pull fly balls. And, you know, I don't have a specific, did, did Alonzo just go yard off the foul pole? Um, but yeah, I don't have a, like a weighting system to determine that. But if I see that five, five systems aggregated, we'll say Boba Shett would be, you know, a 24 home run hitter. And then I'll look into those things. I'll look into the, and I don't know if they're weighting those things either. That's, that's another thing. I don't know if they're weighing the same things I'm weighing, but I could, you know, in my head, I could tell myself, these are the things that I feel like would give them, give, give me more confident. Cause I'm not really trying to change that number a lot. I'm just trying to feel more confident about that number. You know, um, that's what I try to do, but I, I think that's awesome that you, um, that you did your own. Are you going to maybe submit them to anyone to see how well you did at the end of the season? <laughs> um, I, I could do that next year only okay. because of the draft prep that we did. I've changed them already. Okay. Like I've tweaked some players, so I don't want to cheat. Uh, right. So yeah, next yeah. year, I, yeah. I, 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 I could see myself yeah. doing that next year. Have, also, yeah, also this season, I. No, go ahead. Sorry, go. I was just going to say you'd have to leave them static, and you know, from the beginning, you can't uh, just keep adjusting them if you're going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I also mess with them uh, at the All Star break. Yeah, I yeah. feel like uh, midway through, and then at the end of the year, yeah, um, sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up editing them. But uh, I'll say on the other side uh, with pitching, I, I did really well with pitching this year. I I find that pitching projections aren't useless, but they just miss a lot um, of what I uh, my process with pitching. Um, I know for a fact none of them use stuff and command numbers, and that's a really big part of my process. So using pitcher projections wouldn't be like useful to me at all. Yeah, okay. Okay. Did you make your own stuff like mod like system too, or do you do do you use like Eno and the pitching bot and well, the ones that are available? Yeah, I use the ones that are available. I I, I use Enos mostly. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering if if you thought like uh, that was my next question. Actually, if you thought like pitching or or batting was easier to project, um, like if you find one easier than the other, uh, I guess the, depending on which metric you're gonna. And that's what I wanted to know too. Like, if um, what what do you find like is your favorite metrics and maybe one that's underrated and overrated um, or even like just misunderstood because I feel like a lot of people, um, especially like Max EV, that's the one that always sticks in the top of my head. 
felt yes, like a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a lot of people spent so much energy and time trying to dispute, you know, Max EV as a as a power indicator. Um, and they just missed so many things about what Max EV does to me. They missed, uh, I think, like we've spoke about this, about your bat speed, about your ability at the ball hard just for hits in general. It doesn't have to be power. And uh, I I just enjoyed that whole, um, you know, it was a, it was it was a lot of people too. A lot of people were just really like so geared to like, I am going to tr- prove that this stat is useless. <laughs> and I was just like, why, why is everyone so mad at Max EV? What, what did Max EV do to them? <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, going off that point. Um, a lot of people like try to use it as a power metric, but to me, it just, it measures bat speed or it measures as close to bat speed as we're going to get. Um, it also just shows you that they can hang in the big leagues. Like someone like Garrett Hampson uh, that has like a 107 max EV, uh, Bubba Thompson, for example, even though he's winning people's leagues, he has a 107 max EV. Uh, if that sticks, he's not He's not going to be a big league player, uh, right. striking out 30% of the time with Long a 107 term, yeah. max EV. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So, it's, so it's more of like, Tommy Edmond, 112 max EV, gold glove defense. He's going to play every day. Like it's just, yep. you don't have to overcomplicate it. It's just, uh, it's just a nice measurement of, uh, you know, how good someone. Yeah. It gives you an idea of their floor as a hitter almost. Yeah, he has a good hit tool. 100%. So, so Ryan, when when you're in the the draft and you have uh, the guys you like, obviously. Uh, are you willing to look at guys that are maybe not on your, I'm not talking about guys you hate, but guys that are not on your primary target list, uh, but might be sort of falling unexpectedly? Or mm. are you saying, no, I, these are the specific guys I've, I'm listed. I'm just going for them. I'm not really going to get uh, sidetracked with this guy that might be okay, but he's, you know, round or two past where I thought he was going to go. Yeah, I look at um, I, I'm willing to take any player uh anywhere in the draft really. Uh-huh. Um, it's more of just the value of you know where they're going. Okay. I rarely you know cross someone completely off my board. Okay. I would say the only players I had crossed off this year were Degrom, Mondesi, Buxton. Those were guys I weren't picking like almost no matter where they went, uh, right. just because of the injury factor. But if someone like, you know, if Austin Meadows is going in the hundreds and I have him ranked like 140, he right. falls to the 130, 140 range, I'd pick him. Um, okay. okay. So I don't have nearly as big of a cross-off list as, you know, maybe some other people have. It's all about where you're going gotcha. in the draft. Gotcha. That's good. I think it keeps your mind open to a lot more things too. And I also think it leaves you more prepared for when, if that pick does come and deciding whether or not you want to make it, you know? Um, Cause if you just like, Oh, I'm out on this guy. And then he's at a spot where you're like, well, I don't like anybody else. Maybe I should take this guy. Now you haven't really done that research to figure out if you really, if he really should go there, you know, like, or if you really want him there. So I think it's good right. to keep that open, open mind about, um, you know, enough of the players out there um, for sure. So you, do you look at, you, you kind of look at ADP as a tool to, you know, just 
let you know, you know, where, where players are going. So, you know, where to take, you know, your target, not really a target list, but you know, guys like uh, that you have higher or lower, like, do you play any ADP chicken at all? Or like, if you're aggressive on a guy, are you just going to go up no matter what, or are you trying to go as close as you can to that number? I try not to play ADP chicken. Um, just because if I really want someone, I'm just going to take them. Uh, if if I reach a round or two, it doesn't really bother me. I know some people are against that. But you also have to keep in mind, if you're playing an overall competition, obviously, you have to right. have the min and the max in mind when you're drafting because you can't just, like, I don't know, take a, take a player four or five rounds before they go because – you know, someone else is going to have a similar team to you with that player five rounds later. So mm, you have to keep that in point. mind when you're doing yeah. competition, obviously. Yep. Great point about that on the overall, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I got a question for you, and uh, it's one that was proposed to me when I first started doing podcasts and right after I won the draft champions. And someone asked me, Mr. Dave Swan, a pitcher list, great guy. He asked me, what, do I want to be a great analyst or a great player? And he said, basically, do you want to write an article that's going to make a lot of people say, oh, man, this was helpful? Or do you want to be that guy where they say, I, I don't want to go in a draft with him? Uh, great. Great I mean, player. Of course, you could be both. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was yeah. going to say, if you had to pick one, you want to be a great player. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, both. Um you know, I, I still, even though I stopped writing, I still put out tweets trying to, you know, sometimes I just have a, have a thought about a player, I'll tweet it out and, you know, people disagree with me all the time. It's fine. It's, that's what Twitter's for. Sure. But, um, yeah, I try, I try to be a great, I try to be a great analyst and a great player, uh, but I would definitely choose player because I'm very competitive. I've played sports my whole life. And when I do something, I want to be the best at it. And that yep. applies to fantasy for sure. 100%. Totally, totally agree with that. Um, all right, we're, we're going to get into Todd's uh, streaming pitching game. But before that, I just wanted to break down that, um, just get quickly into um, that draft champions that we got into. We did the first seven rounds um, and we're <clears throat> we're going to do, it's undetermined how many rounds we're going to do. But uh, the, the last day of the regular season, we're going to, meet up and draft again, which is super exciting. Um, but obviously we're in a room with, you know, NFPC veterans, uh, sharp players, and it was super, super fun. Um, just wanted to get a little breakdown of how you liked your draft so far. And if, um, oh, wow. Ian Happ just hit a ball like 700 feet versus the ground. That's wonderful. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just wanted to see how, you know, how you thought it played out um, for your team and like, you know, how you thought in general, was there any kind of surprises, whether in like, you know, distribution of a position, okay, catchers, there's a lot of catchers, uh, you know, what did you feel from this draft so far? I thought I did a pretty good job. Uh, drafting. Um, one thing I so I'm obviously new to DC. This is my first year doing them. Um, I feel like I didn't draft safe enough this year. Um, mm. So what I wanted to do is just you know have really safe players to start my team. Uh, that's why I had started Freddie Freeman, Rafael Devers, 
uh, Kevin Gosman and Marcus Simeon. I just feel like that's a really safe mm -hmm. floor. And yep. it's going to allow me to take uh, take some risks later in the draft. Um, so that's one thing I'm definitely trying to do uh, this year opposed to last year. Yeah. Um, in terms of – I definitely wasn't surprised about starting pitchers going. Uh, that mm -hmm. crazy run of starting pitchers in the second, in the second round. Pitchers in general, uh, the second round uh, – were there 11 pitchers in the second round taken? 10 pitchers in the second round. Yep, 10. Um, I actually thought clo I thought closers would go higher. Yeah, I was really too. surprised Emmanuel Classe made it to the third. Um, I thought Classe would have been like a, almost a first round pick. So that 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 surprised me. Mm -hmm. And then you, even though haters falling apart, you've gotten him in the fourth. I still think that'll end up being a fine pick because he's going to close no matter where he goes. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah, other than that, I mean, this was obviously an incredibly sharp room. Uh, I didn't really see any picks where I was like, wow, that was a stupid pick. Nothing I, really. I totally, I totally agree with you. There, there was nothing except for maybe my my own Nick Lodolo in the seventh round that that <laughs> that that I kind of um you know looked at. Oh man, that's you know, and and I I don't really expect like you said, I didn't really expect that from the drafters that we had, you know, present is just mixed with so many, you know, sharp minds in in the fantasy community so uh, i definitely wasn't um definitely wasn't shocked by how well it, it went and it went so fast too everyone was making such quick picks um <clears throat> so how did you did, did you um that's a great point too that you made about just just learning how to play dcs right it's uh it, it really is like you know steve weimer who's came in second twice in the overall draft champions and is obviously kicking ass and two main events right now. Um, but when I had him on my podcast, like he was one of the first guests I had. Um, and he, I never forget it, but he said, boring is beautiful, you know, in draft champions. It's just, it, and it's so yeah. true. It, it's, it's getting the guys that you can pencil in for volume. And when you can't make a fab move, just having those players, uh, it, it's so big. It's, it's, it's so big going with the safe skill set not getting too flashy. And like you said, in the first 10 rounds, if you have just, you know, solid guys who are locked into jobs, then it affords you to, you know, to take a stab um, at certain points. And I think that's where people say like, I don't draft risk or I don't do risk. Um, there's a point, there's a, there's a spot where risk is, is, is acceptable, you know, and building that base early, either through, um, you know, innings pitched and at bats, you know, I think that's why a lot of people like to do, that route of going pocket aces or two two out of three pitchers because you can get 350 innings of, of great Ks and great ratios in a draft champion. It's so big. I mean, right. uh, so many teams right now, I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to throw in Tyler Matzek again because, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it, no, I'm serious. Like, it's just so many, even if it's not injuries, if it's just pitchers that you, you, you know, were just not if you didn't pick them early and you had to chase them in the middle of rounds and right you know like there's there's only so many ways you can get you know the that middle pocket of uh you know like you darvish and musgrove and obviously a lot of guys had that same kind of approach was like well i'll take all the hitting and then i'll take all that pitches and in, in that area but if you're in a draft where everyone's thinking that way it's tough and then before you know it 
Marcus Jomin's your SB2, and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this draft did not go my way, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my DCs, I drafted Otani, uh, and it's doing well. It's, I'm, I'm in second or third place, I believe. But I drafted Otani in the first, thinking I would never use him as a pitcher. I think I've used him as a pitcher like four out of the last five weeks because I don't have any pitchers left. Uh-huh. 100%. I don't have a choice. Yeah. But that, but that also, also furthers the case of how valuable he is. I've I've heard people on pods. They've seen tweets that I've never considered him as a pitcher, and I think that if you've never considered him, it's fine if you don't want to start him there. But to say you've never considered him there means that you're really just you're taking away so much opportunity by not even looking at that ledger. You know, it, it's I think it's even. It's great in DCs, like you mentioned, when when your pitchers at the end of the year are all banged up, or you're maybe you're like ratios are 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 tight, and you don't want to throw, you know, um, Glenn Otto twice. You know, it's just there's so many things, there's so many valuable ways to shift him over to, especially if you maybe you've had just a you know solid bats and you don't really need uh, you know those extra plate appearances or something, and you just use him as pitcher. And especially in fab leagues where you can compensate for that by streaming a hitter for him. You know, if your pitching stinks, which a lot of people, you know, have bad pitching teams and you can move him to pitcher like, you know, and, and stream a bat, obviously no bats are going to be like Otani, but you can make it work. And I don't know why people knock the, his his um eligibility that way and 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 say well i never time it right i'll never time it right well i don't know i just think that it's, there's so much there's so much limitation in that thought where you know i'll never use him as a pitcher i i don't really like to hear that i think it's because multi-eligibility is 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 great you know we draft guys like jake cronenworth sure. and dj lemayhew for those reasons where yeah you know it makes it makes our life easier you know so uh, that's my Otani man. Yes, I feel like I mean, it's all the time with him. No, no, I totally agree. And um, I had Juan Yapez on a bunch of DCs, uh, that team especially. If Yapez never got hurt and he kept playing and he had like, if he had like 25 homers by this time in the season with a 260 average, I probably would have started Otani as a pitcher for like two months. Right. Great point. Sure. Great point. You can have sure. a later pick in a DC that. You know that can compensate for you know you moving him over to pitcher, um, really huge. Um, getting back to the uh, to our draft, yeah, I really loved your your Simeon pick as well in the fourth round. I just think he just gives you that solid speed power base. Um, I loved your 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 bold. Um, I don't even think if it it's even bold, but Felix Batista at the end of the fifth round. Um, you know, I think he definitely entrenched as the closer on a good rising team. And um, then, you know, I liked your, in in the sixth round, right after Andres Jimenez was taken, you got Wanda Franco. And um, I think it's a great spot for him because even if we don't get the explosion and power and speed, I think he's going to be, just going to give you, he's got a great hit tool. He's going to give you solid average and good county stats, I think on the raise and, I think I just love him at that spot, you know, because I think by the time we're getting into the guru of drafts, he's, he's no way he sniffs the sixth round. I could be wrong because no, I, don't, I, I don't know there's people so who are not like wander guys, but 
Um, I I love that spot for him. It, it, it was really a good grab, I think. Yeah, I have him projected as like a top 25 bat. So if he goes in the sixth round regularly, I have him on every single team. Um, I, I've heard some comps with Wander. Uh, I've heard like Xander Bogarts and some other comps. To me, he's Jose Ramirez. He's like mm. almost uh, a carbon copy of, of Jose Ramirez. Um, if you look at Ramirez did when he was really young and just first in the league, if you look at the, the strikeout to walk and the skills that Wander has, he's got a, he's got almost a 113 max EB with a 10% strikeout rate as a 21-year-old. He's only mm. going to get stronger. He's only going to get better at hitting. Uh, I, I think it might not happen next year. Like you can't predict that that kind of stuff. But I think sometime in the next two or three years, he is Jose Ramirez. Wow. Uh, that's a big... Big I like cat, it. Uh, I like it. Yeah. Um. Did you? Did you just? Did you? Was there anything you were trying to look out for in terms of stuff for next year? Like, was there things that you tried to remind yourself of? Like, was there? Oh, this guy's a free agent, or, um, you know, was there anything on your mind about what to watch out for? for these players next year. Well, like you said, you were just trying to play it safe. Guys, you know, who are turning on the same team and just have good roles. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only, um, you know, so the first seven picks, I think are all really safe players. I mean, Felix Bautista, I could see people thinking, uh, being a risky pick, but if the Orioles moved Jorge Lopez, that obviously meant that they had faith in Felix Bautista being their closer. I, just don't see them like giving Kenley Jansen $20 million or something in free agency. I think that'd be a, a waste of money when they, they just don't need them. So I'm just, I'm just totally confident that he's going to be the uh, Orioles closer next year. Yep. Yeah, I, totally. I, I do. How much will you regret not taking O'Neill Cruz with your last seven? <laughs> <laughs> you got if so Fish, start if Fish or Waxman take him, I am going to be. It's Fish and Waxman oh back God. to you, I and I I know your love affair for him, and I think we've you know we've discussed um via text uh you know about O'Neill Cruz and how much he's improved his swing decisions and you know his uh, things are looking bright for him um but you know just uh. I think he's. I think one of them is going to take him. I mean, because but that's but that's what going safe allows you to do, right? Right. O'Neill Cruz falls to the eighth round, even though some people might say Eloy is a risk. I don't see him as much of a risk. Uh, I think he's going to DH a lot more next year, uh, and he's just an absolute stud bat in the seventh round. Uh, but going safe and having like a great average base allows you to go O'Neill Cruz in the eighth round and. If he flops or you know hits two ten, it doesn't kill you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, th I, I think I'll be happy regardless. Um, on my list, I have O'Neill Cruz, Dustin May, or George Kirby. So, if they take Dustin May and O'Neill Cruz, I'm fine with George Kirby in the eighth round. Oh shit! I gotta cross Kirby off my list then too because <laughs> <laughs> I need pitching so bad. I, obviously, I took I took Nick Lodolo yeah. as my SP one, and he's gonna throw about 110 innings next year. So, I'm gonna be chasing pitching like I mentioned before is the worst thing <laughs> to do. But there's some innings eaters out there that I I I got my eyes yeah, on. Sure. So I'll make sure. it work. Uh, I was just happy to like I I was surprised again. I think. There's a lot of recency bias baked into 
drafting a team for next year in the middle of August. And um, one of them was Tim Anderson being hurt. You know, he fell to me in the middle of the fifth round. And I, I was like, whoa, it's, I already had a good solid speed base with Tucker and Jazz. And um, but I said, wow. I got to take this guy here. That's that's where I should have got my first pitcher. And, I, you know, I was eyeing up um, Framber, um, Peralta, especially Freddie Peralta. He was my he was my target right there in general. Um, and I was like, man, I can't I can't pass up on Tim Anderson here. He just seemed like too good to you know let pass as just like a 2020 guy with, you know, at least 280, 290 average. So, right. um Hopefully that doesn't bite me back in the butt. But this was fun. It was definitely fun, and uh, it's going to continue to be fun. I can't wait to get back on the Zoom with you guys and uh, and get going again. You know, so oh, it, was a ton of, it was so much fun. Again, yeah. like you said, I wish we did like three, four more rounds just because it went by so fast. Yeah, you guys were fast. I I, uh, watched, I listened to part of the podcast where it was being taking place, and you, it was clipping along very nicely. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. I think I was ready to go more. I think there's certain people who just cut off their like, you know, made a top 80 list and didn't wasn't ready for it. And I, I wasn't going to push it, but I just wanted to yeah. spend more time on the Zoom with uh, Jason DuPont because he was just uh, he's just great. He's just the life of the party, that guy. And he is so damn funny. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun and I can't wait to get out and do um and do more. And uh, all right, Todd, let's go. Let's uh, let's go into this streaming game. And why don't you explain? Right, do you want to do the streaming uh, game? Yeah. Or we were thinking about looking at one of our NFBC teams. Also, we can do the game first. Let's do the game first. Yeah. So uh, it's in the notes, Ryan. But um, what I did is I listed the starting pitchers that were owned between 25 and 75 percent in uh, main event. Uh, all the ones that were going from Wednesday through Sunday. And so the uh, the rules are the same as last time when uh, Rob was and Paul uh, were the better of me, for sure. Um, you, you're going to get two pitchers. We're going to have one guy get the first and sixth pick, one guy second and fifth, one guy third and fourth. And uh, the, the winner is determined by K minus VB. So if you have 10 Ks total and three walks, that's plus seven. Um so you can pick anybody, and you, uh, Ryan, since you're the guest, you can take whatever draft slot you want, one and six, two and five, or three and four. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'll take uh, two and five. Two and five. Rob, you're the champ. You get to go next. I'll go first. First and six. That gives me three, four. Okay. Okay, so go ahead, Rob. You get your pick of uh, any of these star pitchers. Star, <laughs> bunch of studs out here. Um, they're, 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 most of them are going to the Hall of Fame. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, at, at, at least a dozen. <laughs> at least the majority, uh, the majority. I'm going to start off with Patrick Corbin versus the Baltimore Orioles. Okay. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna ride his his little mini resurgence here. Um I don't know. It's uh there's I don't have a don't have a lot of faith in the rest of the <laughs> um but just looking real quick in the last 14 days, uh the the Orioles um <clears throat> have the fourth highest K percentage versus lefties. Um small sample size, 84 plate appearances, but uh 28 K 28% Ks and 8% walk rate. Um, 
So I'm going to play that game and go with Mr. Patrick Corbin and uh, destined to lose already. <laughs> Earned runs do not work against you. It's just, okay, uh, good, good. K's, thank God. K, K's and walks. <laughs> All right, uh, Ryan, you get uh, one pick now. Anybody else? Don't uh, take Corbin, though. Oh, man. I was going to go with my boy, Cody Morris, but he pitched like crap today. Um, oh, so I'm going to yeah. go with Hayden. Hey, bias. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's only going to go three, four innings. And True. You know, the, the walks are a lot higher than I ex- the, a lot higher than I expected. I'm going to go with uh, Hayden. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, even though I have a bunch of dynasty teams. I have no idea Wesneski, how to pronounce his last yeah. name. Is it? Is it Wisniewski? Yeah, Hayden Wisniewski. Okay, okay. Um, just real. I just really like his stuff. Um, he's going to be a huge target of mine in DCs next year. Uh, he's ninety sixth, ninety seventh percentile in a breaking ball spin. Um, he's got five pitches, and he's facing um, a crap Colorado offense on the uh, at home. Okay. Love it. Love it. He 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 really popping off on uh you know stuff chart too. I saw that. Yeah. He's got talent, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, 32% K, 5% walk so far. Even though it's only in eight innings, it's pretty impressive. It's probably better than Frankie Montas at this point. Oh, Just joking, nice. Todd. Just very joking. Very nice, right. Thank you. Just messing All with right. you. All right. You're a nice guy, you know. Um, okay. <laughs> So I get, the next, I, <laughs> I get the next two picks and there's a lot of great, great pitchers out here. So let me, uh, let me, I'm going to go with Ryan Nelson. Uh, he, he's at least pitching well lately. And I'm not that impressed with San Diego who he's going up against on Saturday. So I think they, he could rack up a few K's against them. Um, hopefully that'll work out for me. Um, and then my second pick, I think I'm going to go for um, somebody that sh- maybe he's not a big strikeout guy, but should get, get a lot of innings. And maybe he can, as Rob would say, volume is way to success. Um, so I'm going to go with Wade Miley. Ooh. Both Saturday. So my start, neither of my starters goes till Saturday, but he's pitching against the Rockies on the road. So I like sort of like that. And uh, maybe uh, I can I can do better than last week with those two guys. Um, I like it. Right. So Rocky roading it like Nick Pollock likes to say. That's right. That's right. So Ryan, your second pick. Uh... He's actually looked pr- pretty decent lately. Uh, I'm going to go with Luis Sessa. Mm. Um, I yep. suppose they're trying to make him into a starter. Uh, his last three starts. Uh, Five innings, two runs, four strikeouts. Uh, five innings, eight strikeouts. Five innings, five strikeouts. He might. This might be something. Uh, I don't know if his stuff is all that great, but uh, he's got pretty good command. And you know, maybe he ends up being a five starter for the Reds the rest of the way. I don't know. Okay, fine. I like that pick. Yeah, he he good. he was um I had him on my uh, radar this. This this week for the uh the two start you know I had one league where um I could have you know I was able to uh, 
lose uh, some some ratios if if things didn't go right there. But I was just looking to tally up some Ks and um definitely was uh piquing my interest there. I think he he recently just started um I think he kind of just ditched his change up, right? And he just he started upping his slider a little more or um something. I know I could ditch one pitch. I should probably just look that up before I start shouting pitched, shit like that. He but. pitched pretty well today. He had five strikeouts, one walk today. All right. All right. Yeah. He gave up three home runs, but uh right. it does appear that his changeup uh yeah. His changeup he was throwing 30, 30% of the time in June. Now it's down to eight percent and he's becoming a, a slider uh slider as almost fifty percent of the time and it has a fifty seven percent whiff rate in his last three starts. Yeah. I I I kind of, you know, like, you know, we kind of look at organizations and what they like to do and, you know, with the pitchers. And I think it, it, it's good to know those little things like and and try to dive into that because sometimes, you know, you'll take a picture that maybe you just don't have your eyes on and, and you know, you trust the, like the that driveline approach or that really like analytical approach to um, changing the spin and just, you know, throwing your throwing your best pitch more or, or really changing um, how a pitcher um, uses a pitch, you know? Um, but all right, I got the last pick here. I'm going with Ken Waldachuk, Waldachuk, okay. former okay. Uh, left winger, I think on the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Much wood kind of woodchuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> definitely not thrilled about <clears throat> at Houston, but um, I like what I see from him so far. And uh, I'm hoping um, that, Corbin can just keep the walks down for me, and I take five or six strikeouts from Walter Chuck. There you go. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, Rob has Corbin and Walter Chuck. Ryan, you have Wesneski and Sessa, and I have Nelson and Miley. And I'll try to tweet this out uh, as we get some results. I guess Corbin's the first man up Wednesday, so Rob can get off to a hot start there. That's what I like and to then, do. Put uh, the pressure on everybody else. Put the pressure on our guys, and we'll uh, we'll keep tabs on this. Cool. All right, thanks. Cool. Welcome. Thank you for introducing this wonderful game, Todd. It's fun. All right. We'll yeah, it's, fun. it's fun. You get to dive into some pictures you might not have uh, done so otherwise. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted to pick uh, pictures that actually were a little available. We don't want to, you know, choose between the top three pitchers, you know, in baseball or something like that. No, it's definitely fun. I, some things I like to do in my off-season pods is while we're prepping for draft and I bring guests on is, you know, have a draft um, of something random, you know, like uh -huh. um, most deals from anyone who didn't have more than five last year with more than 400 plate appearances, you know, and it's it, it doesn't sound like a fun game, but I think it makes you try to, uh, you know, really get into some stuff about, you know, trying to see who might take that leap or, you know, home runs um, right, right. from anyone going past, you know, 480 P it's, it's just, uh, yeah. it's just a good exercise for your brain. Yeah, sure. um, <clears throat> so Todd, you want to get into real quick um, talking a little bit about um, a team of ours um, and just, I guess. Um, yeah. Current get tell tell me what you're looking for in this little. So what, what we were th what was thinking of doing was uh, Ryan. I don't know uh, if you've listened too much, but 
Rob and I are always mentioning one thing or another about a team. We picked up a guy on this team or this team is low in uh, strikeouts or something, but we never really go in any depth into one particular team, uh, what the categories of need are and a little about the roster. So I thought instead of just mentioning several teams in passing, we could talk about one team in particular. It could be a 12 or a 15 teamer and um, just talk about what you're trying to do over the last three or four weeks. Um, you know, we can take just, just two or three minutes. We don't want to go in, you know, for a half hour, but uh, just, just give an idea of what your strategy is for that particular team. Maybe a team that's, you know, not in first, third, fourth, something like that. Um, so that was the idea rather than just sort of like mentioning one thing, oh, I picked up this catcher in one particular league. Um, so Ryan, do you have uh, any thoughts or would you like Rob to uh, go first or what, what's your, uh, what, what do you think? Um, I'm between two. You don't want me to take a first, a first place team, right? Well, you just could, if, if it's competitive, I don't mind. I, I don't want, if you don't, don't want a first place team, then he ain't got nothing to talk about. Oh, uh, well, I have plenty of not first place. <laughs> okay, fine. But, but pick a first place team that's like in competition, you know, that's not like 12 points ahead. That's all I ask. Okay, I won't do that team then. Just because I, there was an interesting uh, strategy I did for a couple of weeks on that team. So I thought it might be interesting. But I'll go, um, I'll go with my main instead. Um, I can make up ground in a few categories. Okay. Um, I'm back uh, six runs scored from a point. Um, I'm three home runs behind two points. Uh-huh. Mm. Two RBIs behind another point. Um, so what I've been just trying to do is, which is, I mean, it's a fine strategy to do all year, but I've just been trying to get as many plate appearances as, as possible. Sure. With the exception of my utility, I've kind of just been sticking Jock Peterson there, hoping <laughs> he just like gives me a home run whenever. Um, because of those home runs, it's so valuable that you know I'm only down. I, I can make up two points just from three home runs. So even though he's not going to give me the volume, he could hit two home runs, three home runs in a week, but only have like you know 10, 11 at bats. Um, and then like we already addressed on the pitching side. Uh, it's unlikely I make up eight wins with three weeks left, but I've, I've been stuffing eight, nine starting pitchers in my lineup the last two weeks okay. um, to try to uh, make up. I, again, I'm only six points behind uh, six wins behind three points. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so what, what's your situation in saves in that league? Saves. It's, it's also really close. Um, uh I have 52. The two teams behind me have 50. Oh. And then the two teams in front of me have 53 and 54. Wow. But wow. I had Sir Anthony Dominguez and David Bednar who haven't pitched. So mm. it was kind of an easy decision because I my only closer right now is Dylan Floro. So I, I have eight starting pitchers and Dylan Floro in my lineup this week. And, and last week I had nine starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah. Although if you had uh, better closers, would you go – six and three or seven and two at least just to try to, you know, get a point or two in saves as well. 
Uh, yeah, it's just really tough because I have Bieber, Luis Castillo, Gallen, Gilbert, Christian Javier, Lodolo, Heaney, Trevor Rogers, Jeffrey Springs. It's like it's so hard to bench sure, one of those guys sure, right now. Sure. Um, I guess it would be Lodolo because he's on the Reds and wins are hard to come by, and right. and Springs Springs because he only goes five innings. So I could go with the seven studs and two relievers once Bednar is healthy and once if that ever happens. Right. Or once, you know, Sir Anthony. I didn't want to start Sir Anthony this week because I wasn't sure if they were going to put him right back into the closer role. Um, yeah. yeah. But I yeah, it, I might do, be, those... it might be a split. It might be a split still. Yeah, yeah. Before he was hurt, he was getting all the saves. It's right. just uh, he just got he just got hurt at a horrible time. Yeah. Um but yeah, if 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 Sir Anthony becomes a closer again, I, I have to play him. I just I just have to, you know, yeah. maybe whoever whatever starter has the weakest uh or has the strongest opponent. Gotcha. I, so, I just I just have to sit him. So what place are you in and how how many points up or down? I'm in second place uh-huh. and I am uh five and a half up from third uh-huh. and I'm eight eight points behind, behind first. first. Okay, okay. Um yeah, and the first place team is the 18th overall, Whoa. 18th overall. So it's going to be a little tough to catch him, uh, but you never know. You know, he could have a collapse, and I can sure. get a couple points and wins and home runs and one it, in RBI. And in my know. article last year, I mean, the last two weeks, there were leads I thought were completely safe, and they did not end up winning. So it's not out of the question. You just got to keep grinding. So uh, good luck to you and Daniel in that league. I appreciate it. Yeah, I like uh, Rob touched on earlier. I I stashed uh, Edward Olivares and Nate Avaldi this week for a buck. Uh, you know, Olivares is going to be back sometime this week or next week, and Avaldi the same. So you know, you never know. Maybe they give me a spark in the last two weeks. That'd be great. That'd be I I great. love I love the Olivares speculation. I'm just worried about because of the injuries and because of them. I think wanting to get a look at a lot of guys is how much he's going to play. Yeah. I think the skills are there a hundred percent. I think he's like, I think he's like a mini Margot, you know, like he's got that power speed combo and a good, and a good hit tool. <clears throat> I just wonder, you know, cause they're going to, they want to take looks at waters and Nate Eaton and, you know, um, but Isbell if he can, and all these guys, yes, yes. Isbell. Yeah. I think if he gets some run though, and they start playing him every day. You know, he had that brief three-game stretch where he let off, and I think, <laughs> and then he got hurt, which was, you know, but uh, that was yeah. also too a stretch where Merrifield was just a disaster, and they had they like put him in the nine hole for a little bit. So I don't know if that was more like Oliveira's, like, hey, we want to see what he does, or like Merrifield needs to get the boot, and we need to just put some guy up there, you know, for a little bit, but um. Nice. I wish yeah, you, you never know. Maybe maybe a Friday a Friday through Sunday he gets two or three lefties. Maybe he plays in two or right. three games yeah, in a row. Could, and he could come in very handy. It's a homer. Yeah, yep. yeah it's, yep. it's just might not work out, but there's a chance. All right. It's good. It's a good ad. So, Rob, what about uh, a team of yours, uh, 15 or 12, that uh, is kind of an interesting spot? I think the, my most attention right now is going to my main event team. I'm 20th overall. Second place right. in my league to Bob Katsurumpas, who's 10th overall. Um, as of right now, um, it is 124 to 122 and a half. Um, yep. in, in week 16, 
which was July 18th, um, he was up 136 to 113 and a half and um, just happened to, you know, really right. make a good push in eight weeks to uh, close the gap down to a, <clears throat> a point and a half. So uh, I've been really putting all my effort um, to really to um, try to maneuver my team as best as I can through. Um, I've got some pretty, you know, solid pitching, starting pitching. Uh, I got Corbin Burns, Dylan Cease. Rasmussen, Jordan Montgomery, Andrew Heaney, and uh, Michaelis, Michaelis. Um, and so what I did though for about four or five weeks, um, I think at one point I was um, just at that at that week sixteen mark. Um, I was I had thirty saves and um, I was eleventh in the league. Um, and right now. I have, uh, let's see, sorry for the computer. I have 61 saves and I'm third in the league <clears throat> and I'm two off of the guy who's in first place. So uh -huh. I went to about a five closer approach. Um, well, more like two or three closers and a couple of specs. I really try to um, use the weeks of teams that had you know, eight games, nine games, or even seven. Um, and I tried to look at um, some secondary, you know, ancillary save guys like Gallegos or um, I had Whitlock for a little bit too when he was gathering some saves. I since dropped him because I stashed Dominguez uh, about three weeks ago and I put him right into the starting lineup this week. Um, <clears throat> so I made a nice push in, in, in saves. I gained eight points and saves in uh, that time period. So now um, I'm, I'm going to play three closers and uh, the guy in front mm -hmm. of me is only mm -hmm. playing two. So I'm going to try to catch up to that two save difference with only one more closer than him. And there's a push for K's and wins. So I am in um, sixth right now in wins with 76 and in front of me is 78, 78 and 80. So I got two points within two wins. Um and for K's, um there's I'm at one sixty nine. There's one um one thousand one hundred and sixty nine. In front of me is one thousand one hundred and seventy and one thousand one hundred and seventy two. So three strikeouts to get two points. So making a little shift to <clears throat> be more aggressive with starting pitching in these coming weeks. And, you know, uh, like I said, I made the push and save. So now I just got to make a little push in K's and wins. The problem with that was in this league, it's just no pitching available at all. Yeah. So what I did yeah. was I, I tried my hardest to um, trust the guys that I had in there um, in burns and cease. It, it helps with burns and cease. They, <laughs> you really, it's amazing how much two guys can just keep you afloat and, and, and so sure. competitive in in one category. So, um, obviously he's not going to help me in wins, but I stashed Hunter green three weeks ago, hoping he can help me with K's. And then this mm -hmm. weekend, um, I bit up, I, um, pretty good with fab in this league. I'm, 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 I have, a decent amount of money left. So I spent, um, I spent up to get Luis Heverino and John Gray. So, okay. um, I was nice. hoping to, you know, I love John Gray in the second half of the season. He, before he got hurt, he was looking like the kind of guy that 
would be a, a great pitching target next year. Just seems to be like he's really tooled up now with his slider and he's just been really good. So I'm hoping that that he builds up. I think he pitched uh, three and two thirds um, yesterday mm-hmm. uh, and, in, and he was pretty efficient. So I'm um, hoping, you know, uh, try to uh, try to comment on Levi Weaver's uh, tweet about him. And tried to ask him if he was going to get stretched out. Who covers the Texas Rangers hoodie athletics? Uh, he didn't. He didn't comment back. But I tried. I tried. He's you know he's no Craig Mesh, that's for sure. But um, so I'm hoping those two guys coming off of injury, especially Everino on um, on the Yankees. You know I'm I'm really I really loved what he showed in his rehab and and what he showed in the beginning of the year too. He was just really back to the old Lucev and yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping, you know, for K's and wins, those are the, I'm just really hoping those three guys can give me the push I need to get over the hump. And, um, and, and on the stolen base side, um, I, I, I'm three behind, uh, I'm second in the league with 117 and three behind the guy in first place again. So another point that I could swing versus the first place guy, he's three stolen bases ahead of me. Um, he, <laughs> I actually would have been really far ahead of him, but uh, I had Bubba Thompson. I think I talked about this. I dropped him because Sunday when Kyle Calhoun, Cole Calhoun came back the one Sunday and Bubba sat, I thought it was going to be a platoon and I made a, you know, uh, Cutthroat Rob came out that Sunday and I dropped him. And mm-hmm. uh and so Bob Catarumpus picked him up and he was behind, I think he was actually third or fourth. And, no, he was third in the league and say and installing bases and he moved past uh, me and uh-huh. leapfrogged and me into into first. So um I could get some I could get a point there and home runs um down. Let's see, I got two nineteen, the next guy's two twenty-five. So that's going to be tough, but um, I got enough points to swing on pitching, and that's what I'm hoping for with these guys. But just just, just being 23 points down, um, just uh, not even – Yeah, that's very impressive. Very not impressive. even two months ago is 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 what, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm really uh, – if I pull that out, it would be great. Because I think you asked me, Todd, uh, a while ago, maybe like a month ago, because I was uh-huh. like in 35th or 40th and I said, nah, I got no chance at the league or the, right. or the, or getting into the top 20. And I kind of moved my way to, uh, to both, you know, to put my, you know, I'm in a good spot now. So hopefully I can close it out. Yeah. Good. Okay. I, I think you got a, a good shot at it. One um, other quick thing though, I'll throw this yeah. in real quick. I won't do a full breakdown, but in my OC in my worst OC, um, on on June sixth, no, on uh, sorry, on 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 May sixteenth, which was week seven, I was twelfth in the league out of twelve teams with thirty five points, and oh. now I am third in the league with eighty points, and um, eleven points behind second place, which it's going to be tough, but I still got a decent amount of money, and uh, again, really super proud of the you know because I just think you can't quit. You know, you, you really, no. people give up too soon in this game. That's why I wanted to mention this team, because I think people, people give up too soon and they feel like it's overwhelming to like, they see 50, 60 points and it's like, oh, no chance. You may not have a chance to win, but you could put yourself in a chance to maybe win, you know? So, sure, sure, you know, sure. I, I just wanted to mention that for, for anyone listening who, who maybe 
ever feels overwhelmed early in the season, um, you still got time. You know, you still got time to make it work. Yep, I agree. Um, so the I picked a 12-team league for mine just because I thought it was interesting. And this is a league that I'm in third place. But again, like Rob, I was 14 points out at the end of August. And now I'm six and a, uh, seven points out uh, when I check this. Um, and uh, it's interesting. I, I, this is a league where Sean Childs, who's a great player, he's leading the league. Um, and Patrick Larson is in second. Um, and I, I feel like I still have a shot in this league. Uh, the interesting thing about this, without going into too much detail, is that the key categories are saves, ERA, and whip. So I'm thinking more and more that I need relievers, even though I could lose a point or two in strikeouts. Um, I have right now Bautista, Liam Hendricks, and Sir Anthony uh, Domingue from um, Philadelphia that Ryan has also. Um, but that's my my plan is to, unless something changes, to gradually shift over to relievers and hope that they nobody gets a blow up and that they help my ratios because – Ratios are kind of a tricky thing to try to make up ground. You know, it's not like you're just pumping in starters to try to get strikeouts, and that's pretty simple. Um, you know, you can go the wrong way, even with a good pitcher that just has a bad outing or two. Um, so that's the that's how many just, how many relievers are you going to go? Well, I, I would go, I would go up to five or six because if I, what's the advantage in a twelve team or finishing third? I I don't see, you know, you're not going to get any money. I'd rather try for it and finish fourth or fifth than, you know, play it the sort of safe way and finish third. Um, yeah, totally. It's worth the risk. But uh, right now I think I have mostly starters on my bench and I might look to pick up another reliever or two if I can um, before the, uh, the final push. Um, and then the last thing to think about that both of you guys have probably already uh, considered is that last half week, you know, we have one fab and we have that last half week and it might be beneficial to have some relievers on hand because to, in order to really know who's starting is going to be a very tricky thing. Even guys that you think are, are ready, maybe even if they're on non-playoff teams, you might say, okay, they're definitely going to throw on Monday or Tuesday. And they might, the teams might just say, no, let's bring up this guy from the minors and uh, shut this guy down. He doesn't need to pitch anymore. Um, so you might, my suggestion is for all players is to consider having a few relievers for that last lineup set period of three days. Um, even if, even if uh, you're just looking for strikeouts, not just if you're looking for saves. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be an interesting lead for me, and I'm hoping that I can sort of push towards the top two. Nice. That's a pretty that's a pretty good point because what you can do is um, you'll figure out your lineup Monday through Thursday, and all the guys you aren't playing you can drop for relievers. And once you get more information as to who the probables are, right. you can you know put the relievers in as as uh, you go. You go along. Exactly. You can just put in even a reliever that's just a middle reliever that's going in the fifth or sixth inning usually could conceivably get a win. That's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Better than having a guy that's not going to start at all. 
So uh, I would just look at your roster carefully, especially if you're in a close race, because um, one or two points can swing it, as we all know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, I, I think it's so crucial to always be looking at everything. You know, I, I, I stress it on every pod, um, especially when it gets down to the nitty gritty at the end of the season. Just You have to take the, t- the extra couple minutes it takes to click on someone else's roster in front right. of you. You know, how many, if you're chasing down saves, how many closers is this guy in front of me starting? Because maybe you'll realize the guys ahead of you and behind you are probably, are, are doing the same thing you are, you know? And yeah, that's what yeah. I did in my league. I realized that everyone was down to one or two closers already in front of me because they were safe. They felt they were safe. And I was able to catch up by throwing more guys in there. Um, so always, you know, always just check the rosters around you because, um, it, you know, that's what it's there for, you know? <laughs> We're not playing with Definitely. blind rosters just to, you know, to like, to, you know, do do everything on a whim. You know, uh, so <laughs> use it, use it, use that. Uh, so good luck for you guys. I hope you guys uh, cash out in as many leagues as you can. It's, uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, man. All right, let's get thank into you. Fab and uh, let's end the show with a bang. Let's talk about some of the biggest pickups of the week, Todd. Let's take it down sure. here. Okay, sure. So I, I list in my article uh, the top 10 pickups, the widest pickups each week. And this week it was. Uh, Hunter Brown, number one, 46 leagues, and Josh Young, uh, second, 45 leagues. So there's a couple leagues out there that didn't pick up uh, Brown and Young. Uh, that he, They're still free agents, and it's surprising to me. But um, Brown went for a high of 66, and uh, Young went for a high of 87, and that was the highest bid of the week, that $87 bid on Josh Young. Um so uh, did you guys get either Brown or Young in any 15-team leagues? Mine? No, I didn't get um, either one. I bid for Young and Brown, but uh, I only have six bucks <laughs> in an event. So yeah, I, I wasn't able to get either sure, one. I got sure. Young in some OC, OCs, but not yeah. the 15s. Same as me. Rob, did you get either one in a 15-teamer or no? I did not. I did not. I I really wanted, um. Josh Young. I I, I really love his his tools that he just looks like right, he's going right. to be such a good hitter. Um, yeah, yeah. In 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 my one main, um, I had eleven bucks left, and so <laughs> I I was out of the running for anyone over a sure, dollar. Sure. And sure. in the main that we just discussed, uh. I, I already had at the corner spot um, Pascantino. My first baseman is Josh Bell. Oh, yeah. Um, well, you so, don't need him then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and and utility, I was, uh, I felt I felt a little bit more of the route of, um, you know, I have Toglia and he's on the bench this week, but next week I know I'm starting him for the whole week at Coors. Sure. And this week I stream Jack's big, 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 uh, yeah, big dick so Jack. Winsky, yeah, for some power, you know, I went with the games played there versus the actual skills. But uh, again, I was saving money for, for, you know, having, having flexibility to get pitchers, but I definitely did want young, um, hard to Brown. I really like too, but I just, you know, um, I feel like the, the, 
the best route for him if you picked him up and he doesn't end up starting is if he just piggybacks some of the guys maybe they want to lessen Okidi's yeah. load and Javier's load and he kind of comes in and you know plays that vulture win type guy um and also too I feel like you know if you if you're the type who maybe wants to protect some ratios right now and you're kind of good in saves and K's and you, you, you know, maybe you're picking up some middle relievers. I think that's probably also the best outlook for him is if he just pitches really good out of the pen and can give you four innings, five innings without starting, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. I am, I was just a little worried about uh, his role going forward. Definitely not afraid of the skills. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, Ryan, the, the number three guy, widest pickup was the guy that you picked in our little game was Luis Sessa. I think he had eight strikeouts in one game uh, last the week before the Fab. So I think that got everybody's interest, and he he got picked up in thirty four leagues. Did you get him in any of your uh, leagues, Ryan? No, I didn't bid on him just because um, you know you got to protect the ratios. Right, and he's. Pitching in Cincinnati, that is uh, rough. And it showed today he gave up five runs and three homers. But um, I'm not sure he's going to be any good. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. not a horrible pick. It's not a horrible pickup if you needed strikeouts. And you didn't, um, you know, and the ratios were you couldn't, you know, couldn't lose ground. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah. uh, Rob, I think didn't you weren't you talking about uh, the the number four guy on the list last week, uh, Aristides Aquino. Um, yeah. The fact that the Reds have a nine-game week and he's playing and uh, he's got power. He's, I'm not going to say he's a great hitter or anything like that, but he certainly is capable of having two or three homers in a week. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think last week I was trying to jump the gun on some of the the Reds players and um, TJ Friedel was was one of them, and uh, he right. he went for a lot more. Uh, then I bid. I was pretty aggressive on the bid for him, but the two homers on Sunday uh, bid his <laughs> bid his price up a lot. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and Aquino was kind of like a uh, a guy who was kind of like a spillover. When I was looking, okay, you know, what are the, some of the Reds? And I was tacking the Reds, the you know, the Marlins, the uh, the Pirates. They all had eight eight and nine games. So I think a lot of us were kind of looking that route but i was able to pick him up um in that main event i was mentioning that i had um uh -huh, uh -huh. only only 11 bucks in i threw in some dollar bids and uh i got him surprisingly um unopposed uh so i'm hoping he he has a couple more homers this week you know which would be great for me drop the drop sure. lord as goriel sure. he of the five homer fame uh, this year finally uh a fun Fun fact, my first uh, fantasy baseball article was on Aristides Aquino. Nice. Uh, after, I had the, after I had the 2019 breakout, I thought, uh, I don't know, I just thought he was a super interesting player. <laughs> yeah. 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 He well, teases he's us still all the interesting. time. Yeah, he's, he's still definitely still is interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. He might not be the best yeah, player he's like ever. He's like six. No, but he's like six five, six six, and he's a ridiculous athlete. Has a cannon for an arm. He's yeah. like Vladimir. If Vladimir Guerrero, if Vladimir Guerrero Sr. had a 10 hit tool it'd be 
<laughs> Great comparison. Oh, that's ten good. hit tool. Yeah, that's that's, that's wonderful. Like, uh, my that's my hit tool. It's a ten hit tool. Yeah, I think these guys. Um, you, okay. you know, you know what you're gonna get from him, and 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 these are the weeks where you go after him. Got multiple. You know, he's got a lot of games, and you know if if you're a homer starved, this is the move. You know, you you, you go for a guy like this. This it's gonna be sure, popular on weeks sure. with nine games uh, and a lot at home. So speaking of the homers, uh, Tristan Casas was number five. He got picked up in 29 leagues, and he homered tonight off Garrett Cole, which is not make, making me happy. But um, he's, a, you know, an interesting player, and I think the Red Sox are going to play him down the stretch. So I could see if you needed a corner out, uh, infielder that he'd be a good addition. Um, we're either uh, – Rob, you seem like you were strong in the corners uh, – Ryan, did you go for Casas at all or no? Yeah, that's unfortunately a home run because I was the runner-up bid. I bid two dollars on him, but someone went eleven. Okay. And I didn't get him. So okay. I really could have used that home run. All right. Well, you get it from your other your other players. Not, not this one. I'm no. so bitter about Bobby Dahlback not, not, not working out that like I was so like anti Casas. Not, that, that's, not, that's not the way to win at fantasy baseball, everyone. No, Don't listen no, to me. No. <laughs> You know, one's I, got nothing I was, to do with the other yet. No, I know, I know. Like, I just really wanted Bobby D to work this year, and it didn't work out. So, not because <laughs> he, you know, he's he's a Bobby D like me, but uh, you know, just uh, I thought it was gonna work out, but it, it didn't. So, but yeah, anyway, yeah, he yeah. does he does look like uh, he does look like uh, you know, a big boy up there at the plate. Um, Oh yeah, also, he's, like his, he's built. Yeah, yeah, I liked him just like laying down in the grass without his shirt on pregame for his first MLB oh. game. I like stuff I like that. It's that like he, he just looks like he's a big meatball, and that's fun to me. <laughs> okay, so the number that he was actually number four. Number five was David VR, um, who who plays for San Francisco, and he's eligible second and third in NFBC. And uh, I did actually pick him up in one or two leagues because I needed a guy that could sort of cover infield spots. And he, he is playing regularly for the Giants. Um, and he was hitting fairly well. So I was sort of reasonably encouraged. He went for a high of $40 in one main event league. Um, did you guys bid on VR at all or no? No. I, I guess I was two months early on VR because Me I had too. When first got called up, but <laughs> Me too. I, but I didn't. Uh, okay, <laughs> I didn't fit on him this time around. Forget it, just forget it, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just like Ryan here. Um, I was, see, July 10th, July 10th, I picked him up for four bucks, and one main, three bucks, and another main. Oh, I was loving David VR. I was yeah. on him for. I uh, popped on my radar. Um, I subscribed to uh, Prospects Live and uh, Dylan White, um, who's real fascinating, uh, you know, prospect um, finder. He has his uh, Robo Scout, is what he calls it, and uh, it's just like a mathematical way to. He looks at minor league skills and comps it to like previous historical minor league skills and. Uh, he was like super up there and I picked him up everywhere. I was really, you know, I was, you know, obviously you get concerned on the giants with the, uh, with the platooning they do, but in both his recent that now and before he was like one of the only guys who was playing full time, which is wild to me. 
And um, yeah. I wanted to pick him back up again. He was um, in 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 my main two, like I mentioned. I wasn't really looking for corner offense, um, but he was on my bid list for um, in the league that I just spoke of that I got a Kino for a buck. He was um, okay. probably like three okay. or four down on that list. So I definitely was uh, looking to scoop him back up, but um, he wasn't prioritized for me. Gotcha. Okay, the last four guys, I'll read them all off, and you guys are free to comment on whether you picked up these guys or not. Uh, the last four guys, I think we mentioned John Gray. He was added in uh, 28 leagues. Dylan Floro, who's uh, Ryan's favorite closer, I think, right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's picked up in 26 leagues. Uh, then we have Spencer Torkelson back from the minors. Uh, 24 leagues he was added. And then uh, Ryan Nelson, who's going to carry me to victory in that little game, hopefully, uh, he was added in 23 leagues. Um, any comments on these four guys uh, for, from either of you? Uh, sort of a smorgasbord of different type of players. I really, really wanted Spencer Torkelson. Um, uh -huh. Like I said, I only have six bucks left. I went two. I went two, and someone bid five. Now bid me. Um, he looks like a completely different hitter. Uh, the last, you know, week or so, um, uh, I think he's going to hit a couple homers rest of the way and I really needed it. So I, that was, I was very bitter about not getting, cause I didn't think anyone was going to bid on him. Uh -huh. I thought I was going to get him two on a post. So I was really mad I didn't get him. Interesting. Um, yeah. what, what, what has been the, the turnaround so far for Torkelson, have you noticed like a different approach or is he, I mean, see like nothing really looked so bad um, previously, like in his previous stint, like nothing, he wasn't reaching a lot. He, he was making decent contact. It's kind of just like it wasn't working out for him, but have you seen anything now that looks um, different from him, Ryan? Uh, I didn't know. Anything completely different in his approach, um, but he's just hitting the ball so hard right now. And uh, even though it's a small sample size of 40 mm -hmm. plate appearance, he's only striking out 13% of the time. Um, but in those, uh, in his last eight games, he's got five barrels and a 98 average EV. Um, so he's just crushing the ball. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, again, I don't know what he changed exactly, but he changed something. Because they didn't do this for was up for three, four months, and he was just crap the whole yeah, time. Yeah, he was. And he has to be good for you to risk one-third of your fab. That's like a $333 bid in April. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only because I need the home run so badly, yeah. and I think I just think he's going to run into a couple. I'm, and I'm just play kidding, every day, I'm kidding so you, Ryan. I thought kidding. it was worth it. <laughs> No, no, I know, but it is it is risky though because um I'm gonna run out of money in the last week or so and that could kill me. Yeah, yeah. And Torkelson could Torkelson could easily stink. Exactly. Yeah. You I wonder if he's him. like I wonder if he's attacking any like hitting any specific pitches better um than than previously. You know, I know a lot a lot of guys get shown certain pitches. Um, they might struggle with them, but you know they make a little adjustment. I mean, he was the number one pick in the draft, so he's not even twenty four yet. So there's 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 definitely. I think a lot of people wrote him off really quick. Um, still only three hundred and thirty four plate appearances into his career, 
And uh, there, there's some prospect people that said he was the best first base prospect they've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so to just, even though I don't want anything to do with any player on the Tigers. Yes. True. He, he, he could be, he could be, he could be a target for, for a short, next, for a short next stretch. Season. Well, yeah. First of all, for a short stretch, he could be very good. And second of mm -hmm. all, the Tigers could be a completely different team next year. Uh, so they were awful on offense this year, but, you know, I, I don't think you can extrapolate and say that's how they're going to be in 2023 necessarily. Yeah. Ryan Nelson. Is yeah, they could change, you know, they could oh, change coaches or something like that. Yeah. No, no, go yep. ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to mention it's uh, the other guy uh, out of the four is Ryan Nelson. He's definitely, you know, caught my eye last night pitching versus the Dodgers pretty well. Um, yeah, yeah. I noticed that, you know, I, I was – Obviously, his, his his minor league numbers weren't great, but he also pitched in the PCL, which I know is like a big hitter's environment. It's something we should be aware of. Uh, I tried yeah. to watch some video on him and, you know, listen to some what some prospect guys said about him. I also watched Nick Pollock's uh, write-up and his video write-up mm -hmm. of him on his first start, and he mentioned like he got like a very low when he drops down when the ball falls by his leg, it's really low and he comes like at such a large, uh, long delivery. And with that, it's like hard to repeat, you know, good mechanics. And I think mm -hmm. he mentioned like he spiked three fastballs into the dirt. And like, really, that's like not easy to do <laughs> when you're trying to throw a fastball. It usually yeah. happens on off-speed pitches. So um, I think I was, uh, I had a couple bits for him, like really, um, in that, you know, I was trying to grab those pitchers. I, I was really targeting John Gray and and Severino and guys like Bailey over like proven proven pitchers. Um, so but I had a couple of bids for him real, you know, for a buck at the end. Uh, I didn't get a chance to get there for him, but um he definitely looks interesting right now. It looks like he's he's uh sure. <laughs> he definitely looks solid right now. Um but uh yeah you're I, saying I that's a that's a really good pick for this weekend, right, Rob? Yeah, yeah, one, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, I'm just trying to get a, get a compliment out of Rob. <laughs> <you know. laughs> anyway, um, so the average fa fab left um, for main event teams is $69. But as I keep mentioning in my article, last year uh, there were $57 per team less unspent. So that would mean that the average main event team that's really active is $12 left, um, which is, I don't think that's too far from the truth, really. Um, you know, I think uh, I have a couple teams that are lower than that. And um, I just think it's going to be, as Ryan was sort of detailing, one, two, three dollar bids are going to be very important over these last three fab periods. So I think yep. you've got to plan it out carefully and not, if you got like less than 10, you got to try to figure out what do you want to do? Do you want to just let a fab period go by and, and, and save it for the last couple of periods or what? So I think it's, 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 it's almost more interesting now than it is when everybody has a thousand dollars. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's especially when it's so like specific league specific. Yeah. Stat specific, you know, you're going to see guys maybe picking up some people in your league that, like whoa, what's where is this coming from? But you can identify it, you know, when you look at their stats and see what their needs are and how much money they have left. 
Um, I got yeah. eleven bucks and forty eight bucks in my two mains. Okay, that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. yeah, yeah. The uh, sorry, um, did I say eleven? I have eight, eight, eight and forty eight. So eight and forty eight. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. My biggest thing right now is I'm really trying to plan out. You know the the end game the that last week you know which uh is is is, is a half week which is uh i think all but four teams are playing three games four teams are playing four games yeah. um so that's going to be interesting i'm really it's hard to it it's hard to you know try to guess exactly what might happen in that week to like speculate on guys and then you yeah. you you might miss out on things now, you know, so, but it's, um, you know, everyone should be paying attention to that. You know, uh, it's at the Tigers, the Yankees, the Mariners and the Rangers all play four games in that last wow. week. So I'm sure like, you know, like even if you wanted to try to attack bullpens, right. Just to, uh, you know, and, and have relievers going like Yankees and Mariners are popular bullpens, you know, Yep. But I could tell yep. you, like, I uh, see the Rangers have four games left. Guy like Brock Burke, you know, might be someone that people like are speculating on, you know, to try to get some good relief innings uh, because two or three that stud Jose LeClerc be... is already gone, baby. <laughs> Sorry. It's my <laughs> daily not... mention of Jose LeClerc. Some Ron Marinacci. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> How many people will pick up Lou Trevino and he's just gonna fucking be a dud? Or a roll this. What about a roll this? He's always available. Yeah. Always available. Okay, yeah. so our, our one of our last trips to the Coliseum, uh Ryan, I don't know if you follow this, but we've been taking the four widest pickups from three weeks ago and deciding whether they were good or bad or medium pickups. And uh, the, actually, the record's been very good so far this year, better than last year. But these four guys that we had from three weeks ago did not work, in my opinion. They were Dustin May, who had a 5.63 ERA since his pickup, which I'm very surprised about. Um, Shea Langoliers, who was getting run at DH in addition to catching, uh, he had 177 with a couple of homers. Brett Beatty, uh, Rob's boy, who was... Looking pretty good, but then he, he got a thumb injury, so he only got 16 at bat, so that wasn't really a great pickup either. And then for the third time, Luis Garcia of San Diego, he kept, keeps coming back, you know, and uh, getting picked up, and he, he didn't work this time either. I think he's 0 for 3. Um, he didn't really get any saves or any wins, and he gave up runs, and anyway, it was just ugly. So these four were all losses the first time this year. Um it, it, the record's been pretty good for main event owners, better, much better than last year. But, but these four, unfortunately, were not helpful to main event owners. Uh, were any of these four guys that you spent money on, Ryan? Did you add any of these four guys three weeks ago? Do you think? Uh, I added Luis Garcia. Okay. Um, just because I I thought he would take the closer role with Hater. Uh -huh. uh, being so poor, and Garcia did get a save, and then he just stopped being the closer. So yeah, right. It's a weird right. situation all year. But um, I mean, Dustin, Dustin May's weird, right? Because he had two good starts and two bad starts. That's so really just two bad starts. But because you picked them up so late, those two bad starts are so crucial. Yeah. Um, it's, 
He yeah, still has time. Still has time to right the ship. Uh, he probably has what three starts left, and his stuff is just ridiculous. But sure. But yeah, if you if you spent if you spent one hundred and fifty two hundred dollars on him, of course you're disappointed. And so far, definitely uh, didn't work as planned. Rob, did you get any of these four guys three weeks ago? Do you think? I got Langoliers, and I'm going to tell you right now why he's not a loss, right? Really? He, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because in 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 that time in that time span, the two homers leaves him uh, tied uh, with four other catchers um, for the eleventh most home runs for a catcher. So with thirty catchers on the board, yeah, I gotta say that's pretty solid. He's also ninth <laughs> out of those catchers in RBIs with nine. Um, so I gotta say, I, I, I think that's a win. I think that's a, a win. win. Yeah. I wow. think that's a win. I think that's a win. I, I, I think at the catcher spot right now, if, uh, me, I mean, listen, he's a win in my eyes because I think those, those two homers have been really good for me, even though, <laughs> they, even though the average is terrible. Okay. Um, okay. But, um, okay. I think he's doing what I got him for. I mean, Two homers and nine ribbies from a catcher, um, you know, from catcher two is is, is decent, and uh, I'll take it. So uh, okay, yeah. So but yeah, I I would agree with the Dustin May. It's sometimes, you know, these these are why the you know the exorbitant bids uh, are so taxing on you if they don't work, you know, and yeah. it's it, it, it's right now, you know, you could completely turn it around, you know. Um, but I know next he's got to face an Arizona team that's been crushing, you know, righties. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy. It's like, you know, I picked him up in my online championships. Um, and I sat him this week because it's crazy to say that you sit, you're sitting a pitcher versus Arizona, <laughs> but I mean, I sat Musgrove last week too, and that ended up being the right move against Arizona. Uh, they just uh -huh. got to him early to just, um, so, you know, but I think Dustin May will, will is, 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 I think he'll write the ship, um, to end the season pretty, pretty good. I, I, I just feel like right now it's tough because he has given some of his, uh, owners, uh, you know, a reason to sit him. And I don't think that was expected when you ponied up for him, you know, I think he was going to be gotcha. guys picked him up because he was, uh, you know, the, the best pitcher that you're going to pick up the rest of the season. And I think that you're not trying to sit a guy like that. So I think that's the yeah. toughest part about it right now. He's, he might I agree. Give, I agree. Yeah. Is the only, go ahead, Brian. The only argument, the only argument for not poning up for Dustin May would be that pitchers generally aren't themselves right after getting Tommy John, like right coming back from Tommy yeah. John. Mm -hmm. Usually takes uh, a few months to get the fastball command back. Uh, that's one thing that uh, happens when you first I'm back from TJ. Right. So exactly. uh, the argument, the argument would have been, you can't spend two hundred dollars on someone you know isn't going to be a hundred percent, which which would be fair. Yep. Yep. Um, update. Right, so, update. Uh, update. Tommy yeah. Tank says has stolen his second base of the night. What a stud! Tommy Edmond, baby, twenty nine stolen bases, stud. He, he did what he did. What was uh, what? People drafted him to do. That's the, for sure. the yep. The Bears are who we thought they were. Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, so I also in my article I list the uh, the leading twenty teams. I won't read them off, but um, I also put in if people are interested. I put in 
Bob Cremitola, the number one overall uh, team in the main event, I put in his final roster because uh, he has no fab left and he can't make any changes, but it's a pretty impressive group. I don't know if you, uh, Rob, you and uh, Ryan can see it, but um, he's got a good team. Of course, if he gets injuries in one particular area, like all corner infielders or all, you know, uh, relievers or something, it's not ideal for him, but it's, it's a good list of players. And uh, I think he's hopeful that these guys stay generally healthy and he can sort of ride them all to the finish line because it is a good group. Um, and certainly he's got a little bit of a lead over Scott Genstad, 74 points as of last Monday. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be close in my opinion, but he's, uh, that, that's a nice roster he's put together, that's for sure. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's it, it's it's tough when you got no money. You know, it's really really. Uh, you know, Iglesias is on the IL. Uh, yeah, Castellanos is on the IL. Austin Hayes started to lose a little time right. um, to Kyle Stowers. Um, so really, you know, it, it's impressive that he's number one. So I can't I can't knock that at all. But I just. I would be really, really uh, not feeling me personally the way I get. You know, uh, I would feel suffocated yeah. right now if I'm him. But I mean, you know, good luck to him. He, obviously, he's had a wonderful season and um, putting himself in the chance for the the golden prize. You know, so um, I wish him luck because uh, he's, sure. he's 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 gonna be. I think anyone right up there at the top is 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 losing sleep. I'm losing sleep over you know a league and uh, with so much with life changing money on the line. It's um it's, it's definitely it, something. It, uh, it magnifies everything. Every it, start and sit decision. Really, it really does. It really does magnify everything. You know, like right now, um, it's a thirty four point lead. Um, right now, Genstad gained 18 points today. Um, so it's uh gonna be interesting, gonna be interesting (laughs) for sure. But uh, I think Todd's frozen. Um, yeah, but uh, don't know if he wants to mention anything else in the article, but. Yeah, uh, Scott Genstad is in second, like you said. Steve Weimer. Yeah, that's that's an understatement. understatement. There you but, go. Todd, you, you froze for a little bit, so we... Uh... Okay, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say, I'll be following the uh, overall and the league, different leagues, uh, all the way to the finish, and uh, uh, wish yep. everybody luck that's you know, in the hunt in the various leagues, including, uh, of course, Ryan and Rob, who are doing a great job, both of them. Just wanted to mention... Um, one, you know, obviously at this time of the year, when you're looking at the ad drops for the player movement, it, you know, you're going to, you're going to get cutthroat, you know, you're going to be moving guys around that you don't need starting pitchers get dropped that, you know, that, uh, that you don't need if you have good, you know, good pitching or whatever. But our man, Brian Slack was the only guy who finally let loose of Lucas Giolito this week and just had to, uh. (laughs) He told me that personally. I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't find that on myself. He. I just wanted to give him a shout out for, sure, you know, for letting it go. You know, at this point of the year, he's uh, not giving you anything. You know that he thought was helpful, and uh, you know these are the moves you got to make if you think your team's gonna get better. You know, definitely, sure. definitely. Yep. Yep. 
But uh, great pod, guys. Thanks, Ryan, thank you for joining us. And um, I know you got some other stuff going on too. You and you're 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 dipping your toes into the uh, basketball podcast waters now, which I've really enjoyed with you and John Fish in your last episode. You had a a bunch of other guests on, including James Anderson, to to talk a little roundtable basketball. So I think that's pretty cool. How did you um, decide to get into that? Yeah, so I've been doing fantasy basketball as long as I've done fantasy baseball. Um, now basketball is my second favorite sport. I don't like it as much as baseball, but I'm not a huge football guy. So when everyone does football, I do basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to get back into podcasting. So me and Fish, uh, we both play basketball and baseball. So our pod's going to be uh, NFC-centric. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to do basketball all the way up until baseball draft season, and then it's just going to be baseball draft prep uh, from, you know, December, January on. Great, great. Awesome. And the name of the podcast is In the Cut? In the Cut Fantasy Podcast. Awesome. Um, you should just have to type in in the cut fantasy, but that's the right. Yeah, title. yeah, because I did in the cut and I was like, whoa, there's like 17,000 in bill, the cut. <laughs> a billion of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to add fantasy in there, yeah. otherwise, you're never going to find it. <laughs> yeah, really, uh, really. yeah, but definitely give that a listen to anyone who's interested in some basketball stuff and baseball, a little hybrid, but uh, it's cool. I'm glad I'm, I like listening to you, uh, you and Fish so far. You guys got a nice little, uh, Nice little thing going over there, and it's um, it's it's there's 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 other pod basketball pods that have been out there for so long, but because I know you guys, and you know, I really like you guys as as humans. I it's the first one I I listened to. I'm trying to get into back into basketball as well this year after taking last awesome. year off because I'm completely out of football league. So, and uh, yeah, definitely want to try to do some basketball. So, uh, it's it's been helpful. I so. appreciate that, and just. For anyone that wants to listen, it's strictly a draft prep podcast. We don't do don't talk about any in season management or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just all about draft prep, prep for basketball and baseball. Cool, okay. awesome. Great. Thank you for joining us, Ryan. Appreciate it. It's always yeah. great talking. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Awesome. All right, Todd. I'll see your beautiful face hey, next thank week. You. Okay, thanks, Rob. <laughs> <Later>. <laughs> Everyone, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Pull Hitter Podcast. Love to hear the feedback for the show and anything else you generally like to talk about, either through email or Twitter. Thank you for everyone who has reached out and done that. It's really awesome to get to talk about sports with like-minded people, and eventually it turns into you know talking about life. And uh, that's what we're all here for, to lean on each other, get better as humans, as fantasy players, everything we could do to better ourselves and gain more knowledge and insight into uh, anything you want. And um, interacting with each other and um, having empathy and, um, you know, courtesy and just, uh, you know, not being a bag of shit toward other people. I think it's uh, just so easy to do is to, um, you know, be nice to one another. Um, I've... I always kind of feel bad for people who respond to others in such negative ways because um, I don't get mad. I just wonder what's going on in their life that they have to respond in such bad ways and such negative tones and such condescending, you know, talk uh, and tweets to people. Because, um, you know, we all got stuff going on in our life, but it doesn't mean that we have to treat others like bags of shit. And um, so hope everyone who maybe find themselves in that position, you know, 
where maybe you want to respond in, in, in a way that's really not nice. Um, you just have to stop yourself and ask what's going on in your life that you feel that you need to make a remark like that or what even got you the thought in the first place and, you know, get yourself into a better place. I know I constantly have to do that every single day at lots of points in the day to just really remind yourself what's most important and, you know, stay focused on being a good human. It's really not hard to do. And um, I think it's uh, our, our pathway to a better world. So don't be a bag of shit and uh, go out and win your leagues. <laughs>